The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Namaste. Welcome to the Conscious Combo Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Pippa Leslie. I'm here to share everything I learn, see, and channel. This podcast is for the conscious and curious beings who are ready to dive deeper into spirituality. I am so grateful you are here. Hi, guys. Welcome back. I'm really excited today because I'm talking to a lovely lady who is in New Zealand and I've connected with her recently. Her name is Shawi Moon, which is a beautiful name. And I'm excited to talk to her today because I resonate with her from when I found her online. And I just feel like what we do in this world is beautiful. And I love what she does. And I wanted her to come on the podcast today to see where our topics would kind of flurry up to talk about because there's so many things I think I could talk about, and I know you could talk about, Shao. So, hi and welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful. (laughs) I'm literally like, what do I ask first? Apart from introducing yourself and your journey, I want to know about that. But in my head, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much stuff I could ask you. (laughs) There is, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff to talk about. There's so many questions. There's so much, there's so many avenues. But first... Please introduce yourself and, you know, what you do in this on this planet, what you do for others and how you got into this work as well. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, that uh, that last part of that question is potent in itself. <laughs> so, yeah, my name is Shawi. I'm based in the Bay of Penny in New Zealand. Foremost, I'm a mama. So I've got three beautiful children who are 11, 7 and 6 who definitely have been my biggest personal development journey. (laughs) Uh, I currently have a different avenues in terms of my work, but the basis of it is holistic wellness and trauma work, therapy work. So I have my own holistic wellness business. I um, am a Reiki practitioner. I also teach Reiki. I've been working with energy and supporting uh, other people's journeys with energy for quite quite a few years now. And then I've allowed that to unfold. Um, and so some of the one-on-one work that I do now is focused on pleasure. I support people through connection to their own pleasure. Uh, I have couples packages that I have in my business. So I support couples and in their intimacy and in their connection and their communication. I also am in youth preventative work. So I am a lead facilitator for a local organization where I work with nine to 11-year-old girls and we do preventative therapeutic work with girls that are medium to high risk. So they have to be able to function in a group (laughs) and be in school, coming to school for us to support them. So unfortunately, obviously, we don't get to have the really high risk. Um, Been doing that for a few years and it is amazing and I'm really passionate about prevention when it comes to things that impact us long-term negatively. So I'm also in the foundational phase of creating a boys program, an initiation program with an amazing cohort of people locally and outside the Bay of Plenty where we are aiming to make a difference to our suicide rates and our mental health, um, jail rates, all those kinds of things for our young boys and men. 
Um, I also run regular retreats. I do a lot of co-creative spaces, which I love. Like I'm all about working for myself and I love one-on-one work. And also I love working with other facilitators. <laughs> so yeah. I run regular women's retreats uh, near Rotorua over this way. And I also hold a lot of spaces with friends that are breathwork facilitators that do sound healing. We often help our whole group spaces. Uh, and finally, which is how we know each other, is I have a podcast. So I co-host a podcast with my ex-boyfriend from when <laughs> I was 15. <laughs> uh, it's called Sex with My Ex, and it's all about sexual wellness. And it goes down so many different avenues. Uh, that can be for everyone. Like people ask me, oh, you know, who should listen to your podcast? I was like, everyone, because we've all missed out on adequate sexual education. <laughs> and there are so many things that you can get from our combos and our guests. Um, so that's what my life looks like now. However, it continues to unfold. So I don't even really know where it's going to take me. <laughs> that's the beauty of it though, isn't it? It's like, yeah. we were talking about this on, on my group program where I'm in, I'm in a group of women and we were talking about how, we we're constantly evolving and I'm constantly having to ask myself the question, you know, is this the right thing that I'm doing? Should I train another modality? Should I carry on doing what I'm doing? Should I just kind of add to the toolbox? And I think I'm I have to ask myself, is it coming from a place of evolution or is it coming from a place of lack? Like I feel like I need to do that yeah. because I'm missing out or things like that. And I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm really sitting with what it is that I really am called to do. And it's been the niggling, niggling, niggling little voice in my, and it makes me emotional to talk about it because the last few weeks it's been really prominent. Like it's coming up a lot. It's the niggling voice that I need to help women with their sexuality, that needs to help women just connect to themselves, the self-awareness of how beautiful, how beautiful they are, how amazing they are. You know, it's mums as in like I've just done a podcast this morning about you know being a stepmom I was interviewed by a lady in Oregon and I thought you know I, I instantly put myself in a category I'm only a stepmom no I'm actually a mother I'm actually even though I've not birthed these two beautiful stepsons that I've got I love them so much and they love me so much and the story behind that you know I know you know bits about it Shao it's like you know Chris was separated from his kids my husband and all my my audience know about this story but you know I was I was trying to communicate with them online on Zoom as as with well, I was with Chris at the time when we were separated. But when I got here physically, I did categorize myself as I'm just a stepmom, just a stepmom. But actually, that's what is happening is we're just putting ourselves in these little boxes, aren't we? Of I'm just a stepmom. I'm not a wife yet. I'm just a girlfriend. I'm just this. I'm just that. We're actually, you're a divine human being. Like you, there's no other way around it. You are a divine human being and, you know, what's and all. It's like, and I think that's what's been coming up as well is owning, owning our BS because we aren't perfect and yeah. we do mess up and we can be lazy and we can be silly and we say stupid stuff and we're constantly learning. But when I've been talking and listening to you guys and other podcasts and other people, it's like for women, people come to me all the time for sex advice. Like it's just, it's, it's just since being a kid, like a 16 year old, <laughs> you know, and I was always, always the the friend in the group that would turn the conversation sexual because I was Maybe. so, <laughs> yeah, because I was just, I was just so much like, and my friends would sit there and be like, mm, and I was like, what? They're like, how did you make that sexy? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. How do you not? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, and then like we got to our early twenties and they would be, they would be asking me for advice and I really enjoyed giving it. And you know, you will, you know how I feel in that, you know, when people come to you for advice, you, you, I, I'm giddy about it, you know, I'm giddy and it makes me feel giddy. And I think from that perspective, it, it brings me joy and it brings me passion to see a woman then leave my house and be like, oh my God, I feel so good. And I feel more confident now. And I feel like I've, you know, moved through something, you know, and, and I know you spoke about it on your podcast as well. Shao is, you know, there is trauma isn't there around sex there's the abuse around sex there's all this kind of stuff you know I was sexually abused at 21 you know I, I was assaulted I was a co-worker and I suppressed it I absolutely suppressed yeah. it I remember my parents were doing uh sorting my old room out and the police was, report was at the bottom of the pile and I'd completely forgot about it you know I was a co-worker and a guy assaulted me and I just was so ashamed of it. I just, I just pushed it to a side. I forgot about it. And when I saw the report, I was with Chris in the UK and 
I remember just having to burn it and I just said, I'm letting go of this, this now. And I thanked, I thanked the man and you led me down this path. And, but this happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. And I think, you know, let's talk about the light side of it. You know, you've been given these beautiful tools on your body that give you so much pleasure, so much joy, so much love. And we don't use them. Well, I do most days. <laughs> but a lot of you know, know. I just want people, not people, but I just want, yeah, I want people to know because this isn't about just women. This is about men too. Men suppress themselves as well. Is yeah. under all the layers of beliefs, of trauma, of everything. You know, you are a divine be- human being, you know, having this physical experience. You are a spiritual being having a physical experience. And to live life and not be in touch with yourself, to know what mm-hmm. turns you on, to know what makes you feel good, to know what pleasures you, to know what makes you smile, what makes you feel loved, mm-hmm. to go a whole lifetime not knowing that, it makes me so sad. So sad. And <laughs> I want you to explain a little bit, Shao, about like your work in that field because you must see it a lot more than me because obviously I do a lot of hypnosis which can lead down other paths but you do a lot of sexual work and it's you know what are you seeing mostly with with men and women well the thing that I wanted to say firstly which has just come from something you've said is that we aren't going somewhere that we haven't been before you know I I spent many years working with young children because my background is originally in the education sector and babies are born knowing that they are worthy of love they are born knowing that they are beautiful they are born knowing that we are meant to enjoy life Mm -hmm. that we play and we love and we move you know and then when we get older when we're toddlers when we have anger or frustrations we stamp our feet and we move the energy through we are actually born with all of the innate tools that we need in order to be in life and to experience life. You know, if you've got children or you've seen children before, they marvel at flowers Mm -hmm. and the sunset, you know, bugs. Yeah, (laughs) the butterflies. Ooh. Right, the (laughs) butterflies. I mean, I'm like that now. And and I I wasn't for many decades, you know, and then I, I found it again through the work that I've done for myself. However, what I love saying to people in that is we're just returning home to love. You know, we're returning back to our natural state of worthiness, of bliss, you know, of peace, of all of these things. And during life, majority of us have stories and beliefs that come from outside of us, whether it's from family, societal conditioning, generational trauma, um, the circumstances that we're born into uh, socioeconomically whatever those things are. And some of those stories are interwoven with a lie that we are not worthy of love, acceptance, abundance, any of these things. And so we come to this point, if we choose to step into the path of self-discovery, where all we're doing is pulling back those lies and shedding them. We're returning back to a place that we know. And especially when we're working with people who are sitting with trauma, whether it be sexual trauma or other trauma, it's really nice for us to remember that, right? It's a coming home. It's a remembering. And so when we look at things like sexual trauma, and there's a really important piece in this that we need to look at um, and blow up to really get a good perspective, is that we've seen things like the statistics for how often women are sexually assaulted and send love to you sharing. Thank you for sharing vulnerably in this space and acknowledging the disassociation with it and then coming to the point of compassion and peace and sending love. That's powerful as fuck. (laughs) Um, However, the other thing to look at is that the perpetrators are also wounded. There is wounding that has happened in order for someone, a person, whatever gender identify, because all genders can sexually assault, There has been a wounding, an untended to pain and hurt that has led to somebody assaulting somebody else. And so we've got to to keep blowing it up to get some perspective and go, how do we create systemic change? Because there's been massive systemic failure for so many different areas, but sexual trauma still seems to be the one that, that... that lots of people get okay about and we still yeah. don't talk about and there's still a lot of shame about and you know one thing that we preach about in the podcast and in my work and other work that I do with my clients on the podcast is 
we are, like you said, we're whole holistic beings. And we've started breaking down some of the stigma about mental health. Like we're getting there. There's some changes, not enough. But then when I talk about our sexuality being a whole part of our holistic well-being as well, there's still, there's then this other layer of like, oh, let's not talk about that. I'm like, why? Everyone's doing it. The reason you're alive (laughs) is because two people had sex. (laughs) Like, come on. And, And all of the research says the not talking about it is making it worse. Same thing with suicide, same thing with our mental health and, and illnesses and everything like that. They're not talking about it is not helping. Yeah. And so one of the, the, the best things that we can do is to be having these conversations, to normalize the conversations around sexuality, exploration, um, abuse, trauma, uh, like physical conditions and stuff that come into our sexuality, like all of these things, they need to they need to be diluted, the shame needs to be diluted so we can do the first step. And I think a lot of society is still at that first step of even opening up the space for the conversations. Yeah. And then we can do the other stuff. <laughs> but that's yeah. like integral. Yeah, and when you say about the perpetrators, they're wounded as well. It's like we're so, again, we're a judgmental society, aren't we? And that's letting go of the judgment. And we're so quick to point fingers. You did this and you did that. You should go to prison. You should do it. And it's just the thing is, if you actually start looking at the person as a divine human being yeah, and that they're on the path, you know, think about the amazing quote out of the Bible, forgive them for they know what they do. That's a big mm-hmm. one for me is that they're doing what they know how to do under the conditions of their own life. That's what Wayne Dyer spoke yeah. about. I always look up because he's on my wall. You know, they literally are doing what they've been trained to do. They have their own trauma. They have their own layers of conditioning. They have had, they've had beliefs chosen for them as we all have had growing up. But to be able to see that 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 guy in light now, and I, I you know I forgave him and I I, I burned the the police report. It was very freeing for me. And the issue is, Sharon, you'll agree with this, is that we we want to stay in that victim mode. A lot of us don't. We want to stay in that mm-hmm. poor me. Oh, how did it happen to me? It's all it's all me. It's always me, me, me. You know, everything happens to me. It's the victim mode is such a really dark, heavy place to be. But to mm-hmm. to know and to choose the fact that you chose this life, you chose these opportunities. Now, there's something that I was challenged. Well, I won't say challenged actually, because even Neil changed that word. He said, let me give you an opportunity to have an opinion because I'm very much open. I have a mind open to everything and try attached to nothing. He said, let me try and give you, you know, help you have an opinion. And he was talking about like seeing these, you know, seeing everything is divine and everything is this. And I I just sat there and I remember listening to what he said. And I just was like, you know what? He's so right. And he kind of undid a few things that I thought. He said, we didn't come here to learn. We came here to experience. And I was like, there's a big difference there, isn't it? Because he said, you're going to keep learning and learn. When does the learning stop? So now you look at Dolores Cannon, who I'm trained under. She talks about, you come here to learn. Earth is a school. Now, part of me believes that. But then part of me really believes what Neil says about, we just came here to experience being a human. As in a past life, we might have experienced being a different form, a different planet, a different universe, a different, you know. So... It, it just it just how he how he described it if you were listening go back a few episodes to neil's honestly three minutes towards the end he said let me let me help you form an opinion pip and i was like okay and i sat here and, it was three <laughs> minutes and i had tears in my eyes i had tears in my eyes how he articulated it with his words he speaks directly to my soul and it just got me thinking even more about people and and how open we need to be and <sighs> like still now we can't fully be open because of jobs and careers and exes and ex you know mums and dads and family and it's just there's so much isn't there it's just like to be who you are whatever whatever that looks like authentic expressions yeah and and it seems to still be a block right in the space of sexuality yeah yeah especially like when it comes to being open like I was so open as a teenager with my friends mm-hmm. I would you know openly happily talk about what I like sexually and they're oh my god don't talk about that Ooh. and I was like why you know why why would you not want to talk about why it? is it not like talking about your favorite breakfast yeah right. again, it's this <laughs> well, whole... well there's a lot of reasons why when we start to look, to look back in culture because yeah. sexual oppression has been intentional mm-hmm. and if anybody thinks otherwise 
then there's a whole lot of history lessons to show us yeah. that well if you go back to been an intentional control yeah. technique yeah. Well, Chris, my husband's very much into ancient history and so am I. And, you know, I always search ancient history. You know, look, at watch a Netflix series on on like ancient Egypt, ancient Greece. They, they were all at it. You know, they were all open, naked in bathrooms, you know, swapping, just whatever. You know, so that's kind of like, you know, for other people who are interested in that. But I'm just talking about all these different things that they did. Like sex was huge for them. And obviously, as religion came in and as everything changed, it was seen as a sin. It was seen as it was seen as just a, a birthing thing. It wasn't seen as it was just like made to be a chore, made to be something you just do to create a baby. Now, this was interesting. We spoke about this before we press record, and I really want to bring it up. For mums out there, I know, Shao, you're an actual mum. You know, you've birthed children. I've, I'm a stepmom, which is still a mum. I need to make that clear. Still a mum. Mm-hmm. How you go from, you know, this, again, sacrificing of, I'm a mum now, I don't have time to have sex, I don't have time to be intimate, I don't have time to spend, I don't have time to spend time with my partner. You know, I'm teaching women to spend time on themselves, meditating, connected in nature, reading a book, watching a, a, a good series about, you know, health and well-being, listen to a podcast, things like that. So if they're not making time for that and they're not making time for, for connection and intimacy with the partner, you know, there's something there's something again belief conditioning is that I'm a mum now I've sacrificed a part of myself for that child now I'm not saying that's not what you're meant to do you you do make sacrifices when you're a mum you know you can't just go out to the shop without putting your baby in the car and da, 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 da. when it comes down to your sexuality to your desires to your happiness to your joy as you mentioned you go into a yoga class eight o'clock at night when the kids are asleep and you've got some in the house that is you helping yourself. That is you taking care of yourself to be a better mom, to be a better wife, to be a better partner, a sister, a daughter, everything. And it comes back to that phrase, put your own oxygen mask on before helping others. That's what it's bottom line. So how, so, you know, you've birthed, you've got three beautiful children, you know, for mums in that situation, you know, what can we what can we tell them today to help them get back to that you know even before a child you you you're you're a sexual beautiful sexy amazing person and this is for dads too you know absolutely yeah how can we help them to realize that you know this is still a part of who you are you know it's it's don't suppress it and and it's linked into so many things because <laughs> We could talk about it in terms of sexuality. However, it also comes into being open to receiving an intimacy. It comes into our relationship to our bodies. It comes into our self-worth. All of these things are actually woven into the threads of our relationship to our own pleasure. And you're coming from experience with, say, the changes in my body is that actually the first time I ever felt beautiful in my body was when I was 20 years old and I was pregnant. I had had such a deep um, journey of struggle and of limiting self-worth due to a number of things in my life, majority being a very toxic and abusive biological mother. And I remember looking in the mirror, I was probably maybe hit 26 to 30 weeks pregnant. And I was like, I feel like I'm fucking beautiful for the first time ever and that's gorgeous however what was interwoven into that that's the light side of it the darker side of it was that my body is only going to be honored when there's a purpose for it when I am creating life that was the actually the underlying trauma that was sitting there Mm. and I know a lot of mums that don't feel gorgeous at all when they're pregnant you know but and I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. And then, and then it was the journey again of then getting pregnant again and then pregnant again. And it was it's not whenever I speak about the body, I'm really conscious of our how we see ourselves and perceive perceive ourselves as physical beings. It's got nothing to do with what our physical body looks like. It is completely 100% got to do with where our mind is and our relationship to our own worth and our own selves. However, when we go through massive changes, and that can also be through like um, massive injury through things and stuff where we have to have a different relationship to our body, like, yes, we need to send love to that. And also, we need to be part of the conversations of breaking down 
what a mother or post-mother's body or father or post-father's body, like, should fucking look like. I know. Like, screw that, <laughs> you know, and, and, and all sides of it because I'll speak from a person that um, I'm quite fit, like I'm quite athletic, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm, and I did, I did do a lot of things during my uh, getting pregnant afterwards to look after myself. I have judgments from other women. Like, I don't have very many stretch marks. I have judgments from other women that look at me and it's not with kindness and with love, but how can you have three children? Yeah. That fucking hurts. It's like, wait, who, what am I supposed to look like in your eyes to be worthy of a mother's yeah. body? Yeah. <laughs> because one, one avenue is going to tell me that I'm not good enough at this. And one avenue is going to tell me if I'm not good enough at this. And this has been my experience over the last decade of parenting is that no matter what you do, Someone is going to have an opinion about how it's not the right thing. Whether you breastfeed, you don't. Whether you post-sleep, you don't. Whether you like go back to work, whether you don't. And so the first thing for us to realize in any biological, non-biological version of a parent is that, you know what? You're not going to fucking please everyone. <laughs> like everyone is going to have an opinion on it. So really honing into what's important to me. What are my values? What are my core values? fundamental beliefs in life and how do I get to live according to that because if you're living according to all these other different ideas well then you're going to be hitting brick walls all the time anyway like whether you're getting judgments from parents or whoever it is that's the first thing that we really need to really need to drop into the other thing so if we're veering into intimacy and and pleasure and honoring that I was with a counselor when I was diagnosed with postnatal depression after my second baby and she drew a pyramid <laughs> and she said to me, here's you at the top, you looking after yourself, loving yourself. That is the most important thing ever. It has to be. You cannot show up as the mother that you want to be if you're not doing the things to look after yourself. And after that, she wrote my husband and she said, that is one of the most triggering things that I go through with mothers who have postnatal depression because often they're in self-sacrificing mode and uh, there are a number of reasons that we were in that. I did have a very unwell baby and there were things that were happening. Um, but she said, you are the team. You are the ones that have to have each other's backs. You are the foundation for the family. Like you focusing on giving love and time and connection to that other teammate you know you are co-captains <laughs> running the ship you know your pilots together you have to be a strong team in order to move the family forward and under that that's where your children are and it was I I looked at that and I was like oh my gosh mine is upside down <laughs> and, and and also like I think there's an element of compassion in that because it is very, very challenging to do like all the self-love practices when you are sleep deprived, when your body is say recovering from major surgery after you've had children and um, for all of those things. So I do say give love and passion and compassion to yourself, especially in the early stages of, of raising children or having children. However, when there is some gathering of energy that, that happens after that and making sure you've got your support systems being able to have connected conscious conversations intimacy with partner and I'm when I use the word intimacy I'm not saying you have to be having penetrative sex mm -hmm. it's really important for us to understand that intimacy can be taking some moments without phones without TV, after the kids are in bed and talking about your day and holding hands and looking into each other's eyes and like massage and knowing each other's love languages and sharing intimacy like that and absolutely penetrative sex too, you know, if, if it yeah. becomes that. However, intimacy is so much more when we can be open to the experience of it. I've got a really good podcast episode on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, I always think of, of, the heart space as a vessel. And if you are trying to give and give and give and give, and it is an empty vessel that is sitting there, you're just going to be in a natural state of depletion. Like filling up that heart space, whether it's from loving intimacy from a partner or a phone call with a friend or any of the care practices that we know, 
that's going to fill that up. So then, of course, you're going to have more time and love and energy to give to your children, to give to your partner. Like, it's it's actually not sustainable. Like, coming from someone that was, like, a decade in depression and postnatal and PTSD, and you can't sustain it. Like, you cannot sustain living in depletion and not accepting that love and appreciation from the people around you. You're like yeah. your partner. Yeah, and, like, the people that are close in your life. It, it's it's a gift. And I've actually said to a lot of particularly mums, fake it till you make it, babe. I said, if for now you you doing self-care practices, you need to tell your mind it's for your children and not even for you right now because we know we're dealing with maybe some trauma things or, like, victim things or whatever it is. Like, yeah, go out, take yourself out for lunch and just tell yourself, this is just for the kids, it's just for the kids, it's just for the kids. And then we can work on going, do you know what? It's okay that this is just for you as well. But sometimes we have to go through that cycle. You know, if you want to go out for a run or you want to do whatever, like if you need it to be like four people that you love right now, just to be able to build up to the point of being like, you deserve that. You deserve time for yourself. Yep. You deserve pleasure. Like pleasure is a healing modality. You're, you're cock blocking yourself. You're <laughs> cock blocking healing from the universe if you are not receiving pleasure in any way and that can be self-pleasure like I'm a big advocate for like self-pleasure as well but it's it's there for you to to learn more about yourself you know if you've gone into any space of parenting of course there's going to be an energy depletion we love our children they're amazing but often it isn't totally reciprocal because we have to give a lot more and they're dependent on us so you're taking moments to come into pleasure practice for yourself, to intimacy with a partner. You are allowing the universe to love you. You know, you're bringing in healing. There's so many physical benefits. There's so many emotional benefits. There's yeah. so many spiritual benefits, like social benefits when it comes to intimacy with another. I'm just like, it's sitting right there and it feels good and it's free. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's what we have. I've been single for like two years. Yeah. So I'm all about like I bring a lot of pleasure into my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was separated from Chris for 18 months, so that was very much yep. about connection to self. And mm-hmm. I, I know a lot came from it. A lot came from what we did. And you know, going back to what you said about judgments and things like that, you know, one one quote sticks to mind is become independent of the good opinion of others because no matter what mm-hmm. you do, you will be judged no matter what. And yeah. is the opinion of yourself. And I think mm-hmm. You know, with Chris and I, you know, his boys are twelve, almost twelve, and just turned eight. So the twelve-year-olds getting very much like, oh, kissy, you know, he's in that age of, you know, where Chris and I, we show how much we love each other. You know, we just got married in Australia, and the kids were just, they saw how much we loved each other. They they listened to our vows. They listened to how much we are in love, and it's good for them to see that example because we are so in love and we do the spiritual work and they see us and then what are you doing dad what are you doing what are you doing pip you know and meditating and journaling and reading and things like that and it's setting the example for our, for our children my, you know our future children because i want to have children my own children one day and i think just going back to women are just so disconnected from from self you know growing self-awareness you know your self-awareness is so key because you can start to it's i always say you're like a map you know your whole blueprint of you what makes you you is a map or a tapestry or a jigsaw however you want to see it and when you look at that map you know you are going to have to go to new places you're going to have to get on a plane and travel far away to find places and to peel back layers and to get on a boat and go somewhere different you know in the tapestry you're going to have to have different threads that bring you know them little threads make the tapestry there's so many nuggets to your life and your plan and your path you know, it's all got purpose. And, you know, when I, when I do heal, you know, we will never be fully healed. You know, we will never be fully healed, but the self-awareness to it is key. And that's why I teach self-awareness because if you can go day to day, be triggered because you're going to get triggered multiple Mm -hmm. times. It's impossible not to. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Mine are mine are quite rare. Now. Like I just they come and they go. They come and they go. You know, we're three, four, the five years ago. The and the release. Yeah, mm. they'd sit there for a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks. Oh, three mm. weeks ago, this girl texts and da da, and you just sit with it. <laughs> yeah. So if you now can have self awareness and say, okay, I was triggered today because 
of X, Y, Z. I know where this is coming from because of X, Y, Z. You just can link. Thank you. Link, Mm. link, 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 link. And you go, okay, all good. Mm. Moving on, moving on. Mm. But then if you're not self-aware, you're going to go, oh, stuck, 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 stuck. And then you can't get out of it. So that's why people like Shower Me are helping you to go, okay, let's just peek inside. Let's get inside. Let's open it up. And some people are afraid to go deep and d- dive right into it because it is, it can be scary. It brings up fear. It's like reliving. That's why trauma is 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 delicate. It's sacred because it is like reliving a moment. It doesn't know what, what's real or what's an illusion. So it's, you've got to be really kind of gentle with yourself, but also bringing, like you said, this, you know, self-pleasure is a healing modality. It is a healing modality. You have your own self your body self heals. Pleasure is self healing. You know, I've had my biggest creations after an orgasm. Same. Honestly, yep. like <laughs> I've had courses, yeah. I've had one to one programs, yep. <laughs> I've had ideas come from nowhere after an orgasm. So yeah. if you aren't having at least one a day, apart from obviously, you know, with then again, you can still when you're on your cycle, but I, I let's say five a week. Mm find the time find the time to do it it's the same when buddha says if you don't have time to meditate for 10 minutes meditate for an hour you don't have five minutes to go and play yourself play yourself for an hour because it's not even about the time it's about the connection you're making with yourself it's it when you do that it's actually saying i choose myself today i'm choosing myself i choose myself and that's so powerful. And that's what you said about the kids. Shao is like, you know, do it for the kids. Do it for the kids. I'm doing it for the kids. I have to sacrifice myself for the kids. You know, my sister's a great example. You know, she likes to go out and socialize and with her partner and they like going out drinking for date nights, you know, and she didn't suppress that part of herself when she had a baby. She carries on doing that. She works her ass off and then she goes out for drinks, you know, on the odd weekend with her partner and that because that's what they enjoy me i'm different i like going out for a nice meal or a nice walk or watching a show or a movie or whatever it is and meditating and playing games and so it, you're all so unique and i think it's just like you said about your values a lot of us don't know what our values are there's a really good book uh from if if any of you have watched the shift wayne dyes movie the shift i really recommend you watch that the link's on my on my instagram you can just google it on youtube he talks about about a quantum shift, quantum change, and there's a book called The Quantum Change. Oh no, it's, is it called Quantum Change? Yeah, Quantum Change. And he talks about values, and there's a study in the back of that book about values and how men's values are different to women's values, and how after they've had a quantum moment or a quantum shift, their values completely shift, completely shift. So what I would recommend you to do if you listen to this now is go and write down what your values are. You might not even know what your values are. Mm-hmm. You know, if I ask you now, what are your values? A lot values? of people don't. You know, and they change. Mm-hmm. They change. What are some of your values, Shay? Show. Love. <laughs> Love. Creating impact. Yeah. Uh, being open to all and every experiences, particularly ones that push my edge. Yeah. Like I really, yeah, really value discomfort <laughs> in my life. <laughs> pleasure in all forms of it, you know, not just in terms of intimacy, but finding pleasure in life. Yeah. Finding pleasure in the ocean, you know, being able to almost return to that childlike wonder yeah. and finding that peace. You know, my holistic wellness, looking at all parts of myself is extremely important to me. You know, I'm I'm big now on turning into myself constantly on what parts of that might need to get looked at and then putting things in place to nourish it. Um, and me as a mother, especially because of my journey mm-hmm. um, and like I, I've been spent eight years without my biological mother in my life at all by choice. So mothering and being a parent is a big focus and it's something I think about a lot and I put a lot of my love and my time into. Yeah yeah this I had a couple of things um drop in when you were talking one of them I think especially on this as a parent and the influence we have in our children I love how you spoke about how your stepsons get to see Mm -hmm. the beauty of not only a relationship but of adults that are doing work on themselves they get to see that right yeah and 
and I'll speak into, so I'm, I'm a single parent and I'll speak into that as well, is that your children or young people around you, they get to learn what love is by the way that you love yourself mm. and the way that you love them. Mm. And if there's a partner there, the way you love that partner and they love you back. But that's one of the greatest gifts that you can give. And it's not just children, obviously, friends, family, everyone around you. But the way that you show up for yourself is is what is going to be integrated because they're watching it, they're feeling it all yeah. the time. And, you know, in terms of being able to be outside the role of parent as well, like you mentioned your sister, like, of course, we're multifaceted humans. <laughs> and one of the greatest things that we can show, like our young people, is that yeah, we have friends, we're the role of parent and we're the role of friend and we're the role of sister and we're the role of partner and we're the role of career person and, you know, wellness practitioner and sports coach and whatever else we are because we want them to grow up and know that all of the parts of them are welcome, right? Because if we're abandoning parts of ourselves, coming from someone that did, like I came out of my marriage and I didn't know what music, and this was, I take responsibility for it, for this. Yeah. I didn't know what music I liked. I didn't know what hobbies like I wanted to do. I like, I didn't know what I valued in friendships. I had disconnected from my own pleasure. Like I had abandoned parts of myself out of this notion that came from lack and trauma because of not having the mother there that was what I did deserve. And I chose not to have that in this lifetime. You know, I really wanted them to see that and it swung so far the other way that then I was abandoning parts of myself and it's been years, you know, like five to seven years of finding who I am again to returning back to that state of love, returning back to that, you know, that that um, that sense of belonging and identity mm. and myself. So then they get to see that. Oh, what a beautiful gift, yeah. you know, and it's, we can give them the house and the school and the holidays and yeah, all of that. But what you're embodying is the most important thing for them. The time you can give them, the presence, the love, you know, all of those things. That's what sets them up for life. That gives them the foundational things for life. Mm. They copy what they see. Oh, you yeah. know, my kids come and sit down and read books with me because they see me reading books. <laughs> you know, they, they ask to do breathing and meditation to help calm down because they know that's what I do. And uh, it's giving them tools for life. That's what we get to give them when we're doing it for ourselves as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I get to put my conscious parenting skills to to work and I love yes. it. I love it, especially <laughs> like when it comes to when they're upset and they want to talk, you know, instead of just being like, oh, it's all right, you know, sit down, like, what's wrong? You you know, you're safe to speak about it. You know, what what is yeah. it that you want to chat? Is it, If you don't want to chat, it's fine. Do you, want to, do you want to draw? Do you want to write anything down? You know, it's given them the space to feel safe to feel seen, to feel heard. I think that maybe we could do another podcast episode on conscious parenting because yeah. I, I, it's amazing to be able to do that, to sit and to, you know, know that they're in a safe space because that's all they want to feel. They want to feel heard, seen, safe, you know, and so do we. So do we. Yeah, of course. We're just children and adults' mm-hmm. bodies and, you know, I just you've got to be gentle with yourself. you got to be gentle with yourself and there's so many layers to to life there's so many layers to what we talk about there's so many layers to healing there's so many layers to sexuality there's so many layers to everything you know and it's your path it's your values it's your sexuality it's your choices you know I don't ever believe you can make the wrong choice you can make bad choices but you can never make the wrong choice because every choice you make leads you right down the path that you're meant to be on yeah, definitely. And, and I think that's such a compassionate way and truly the, the way of evolution to look at our lives, right? Is that every choice has led to something. And although it might not have looked like what we thought it was going to look like, <laughs> there's been a gift in that. And like something that I'd really like to stress too when we're speaking about the ways that people can support themselves in this awakening and self-development journey and whatever it is, is that you absolutely are on your individual path and it will look so unique and you've you've had your own set of experiences and everything like that however we're all connected you know our tapestries weave into the same places sometimes and we often find that we're more similar than different when we can sit in safe spaces and share our stories and have that shame diluted you know and we realize that although 
it might not be exactly the same. There are similarities that can lead us back to our humanness. And so in that, if you are struggling and you're listening to this and you know you might be going through big awakenings or lessons or really challenging periods of your life, I really encourage you to find a village. Whether that is through practitioners that specialize in postnatal depression or hypnosis or energy work in the holistic space or in you know mental health spaces, I really, really encourage you to, if you feel as if you need extra support in anything, sexual trauma, um, intimacy communication with partners, please seek some external support as well. Like I know for me, those have been pivotal moments in my journey is when I have had yeah, support from places where it's been professionals in those areas. And also the tribe, you know, the other people around you that are also like, oh my gosh, like that's trauma work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the, yeah, they want to support that, you as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and that genuinely see you, appreciate you, value you, that yeah. you don't have to be in exactly the same life stages or ages or whatever it is, but just some like-minded people around you that you feel safe enough to be just to be in you know we are safe spaces I did a reel the other day and it's like we're all healers because we all can be safe spaces Mm -hmm. for people Uh, but I know that and and it comes into and actually it's all genders but there is definitely a wounded masculine story that is still alive around hyperindependence yeah and it's so 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 damaging and when we speak about parenting it can be so darn lonely you know I have been so lonely so many times in that due to me with my trauma story you know with my hyperindependence or whatever I have to do everything myself and I hear it a lot from others yeah I do everything myself and I'm like have you sat down and had a conversation with your partner about this (laughs) like maybe they want to help you them help. Yeah. <laughs> um and sometimes that those things are happening but it's just going I, I I always say to people you can do this you could do you could do this alone you could like force your way into yeah. you know growth and all those things but you're not meant to <laughs> you know sure there's times when we come into our own oneness and we need to be okay with being alone and doing some of that work by ourselves, which is why I love self-pleasure, because it's you yeah. get to be by yourself, but uh, like in 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 intercourse with the universe. <laughs> and um yeah, it's really important to also make sure that you've got support around you. And whether that be reaching out to us, I know that you'd be comfortable with this, but reaching out to people, finding people on the online community. Yeah. You know, I'm a big advocate for technology is here, might as well use it for good purposes, like this reaching out finding people that have the same values and beliefs so that you can journey forward you know where shame isn't in those places where they talk about things like sex and yeah. mental health and yeah. stuff like that that a lot of people aren't that's why I love interviewing people Shao because like I always say to everyone if you don't resonate with me find someone you resonate with because we're meant to Absolutely, find people yeah. to resonate with and you know, five years ago, I'd be offended if someone didn't resonate with me. <gasps> oh my God, what am I doing? How can I change to make everyone like me? But I know now that not everyone is going to resonate with my story because that's, you know, my story is unique to me and your story is unique to you. And same with everyone listening. So find people you resonate with. You know, if there's a healer out there, if there's a coach, if there's a therapist, if there's, you know, whatever you need, a group. And you think, oh, they make me feel so good. They make me feel seen. They make me feel safe and loved. Good, just go with it. Just, you know, surround yourself with people you feel you can trust and you can open up to and be safe. Like that's a definitely definitely big trait of mine. I, I offer safe spaces. Like people come here and they've opened up a whole life story and they've never been able to do it before because I listen, I care. I love and I don't judge, you know, I've n- I don't judge them. I just say, okay, you're here. You know, I've heard everything, especially with hypnosis when you, you know, go into different lives and you're talking to different people. It's, there's so many different variations. And I say, you know, I've heard everything. You're not going to surprise me. You're not going to make me feel uncomfortable. I say this to clients too. Yeah. And like nothing would shock me. On the yeah, not, right yeah, not like, really. Does. I'm like, yes. Yeah, nothing <laughs> does. You know, I've had people go to past lives that have been furries, giants. Like, honestly, it just, there's nothing that shocks me and I'm I'm here to listen. I'm here to, I'm, I'm here to build trust with you. I'm here to make you feel, you know, loved and seen. And it, it's, it, it gives me so much, you know, passion and joy. And it is about reaching out to people who care and love you. 
you know, because we're not, we're not meant to be loved by everybody, but you're meant to love you. You know, you need to love you. That's the most important part of the journey, isn't it? You loving you is all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a natural flow that gets to come out. You know, when that heart space and that vessel is full, because we have loved on ourselves yeah. so darn much, well, then it's a natural overflow. Like it's a natural overflow and people feel that. You know, they can feel when you're in the presence of someone that truly, not all the time, because we still have dark days sometimes, you know, like you said before, there's no healed version of us. But you can feel the difference of being in the presence of someone that you know has chosen to lean into their self-worth, their self-belief, you know, their self-acceptance, their self-love. You can feel it, right? It feels different. Yeah. I want to end this episode, even though I don't want it to end. I want to keep going. <laughs> hours and hours. We'll do another one. <laughs> we'll definitely do another one, yes. I, I want to ask you my favorite question out of all the questions that I ask people. If you had the whole world at your attention right now, let's just stop. Everyone's got your attention. What would you say to them? Oh, to journey back home to love. Mm. You know, that anybody ever... If anybody ever has ever told you that you are not deserving of acceptance, of a place of belonging, of being free in your authentic expression, it was a lie. And if anybody ever says it again, it's a lie. You are glorious. You are exactly who you're meant to be. It is our uniqueness. It is our greatest gift. So just be your badass self (laughs) and keep going until you find more parts of yourself you know, because you're always going to keep changing. But do you really want to be on your deathbed, deathbed, looking back and thinking, who could I have been? Mm. Who could I have been if I had just had the courage to move past those lies? Yeah. You know, just return to truth. We are love. Yeah. We just have to remember that. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And it's mostly like the most common answer is about love. You are love. You are love. That's all you are. And Mm. It's a beautiful way to end an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. I've loved chatting to you today. I, I can't wait to get you back so on, talk about more, more stuff with conscious parenting and other things, yeah. but I really love talking to you today. Thank you so much, my love. It's an honor. Thank you, universe, for connecting us. Look at yes. that. <laughs> and if everyone resonated with Shawi, please reach out to her. I'll put her links uh, on my show notes of how you can contact her and yeah ask any questions if you've loved this episode please share it with your friends give us a five-star review and reach out to us if you've got any topics you want us to cover any topics you want me and shari to cover any topics you want me to cover i'll do my best to find the people to speak to them so take care guys and chat to you all soon lots of love thank you I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.